Hello, Curve Community. It's me. It's me. Hi. Hi. Problem, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> I do wish I could sing, like, of all the things. I wish you could sing as well. I know, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, the point of interrupting this podcast before we've even got into it is actually just to ask you a really quick favor. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, it might be Spotify, it might be Apple. If you are listening, but you don't follow or subscribe, it's quite problematic for us. It really doesn't help in terms of getting into charts, in terms of building our audience and that kind of thing. So because there's such a small amount of you that follow us. 2%. 2% of you follow us. <laughs> I know, it's very low. And I don't know why. I think it's just that people don't realize it's helpful. So people probably just haven't done it yet. Or maybe they don't like us. But why oh. would you listen week after week? Exactly. Or even, you know, I don't think it's that. I hope it's not that. So, but if you do like the podcast and you enjoy the conversations that we're having and you think that this is something you want to stick around for a while, um, it would really help us if you could please hit the follow, the subscribe. If you want to leave a review, go for it. But honestly, like the number one thing is just following the show so that you, you know, all the episodes are downloaded automatically. Follow us, please. Yeah, yeah, follow us. It takes two seconds. That would be amazing. Like you could have done it by now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have done it. Maybe. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome to the Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest and understand everything to do with the world of investing. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. Vix lost her voice and it was, she, she messaged me, we were meant to do our podcast record last week and she was like, I have completely lost my voice and I thought, this is a yarn, like she's tired or she's hungover and <laughs> honestly, it was like Victor was on the phone. What, this is day eight of no voice, well, no proper voice and it, honestly, I was just like, woke up every morning, I was like, okay, this is the day, it's going to come back and no, and no, and no and I was like, okay, now I'm kind of getting worried um, and everyone's like, just don't talk. And I was like, but everyone loves hearing You know that, that thing, that, that that podcast that we record yeah. involves talking. So No, no, but it was funny. I was um, talking to my dad and he was like, well, maybe you need to ensure your voice. You know, just like Heidi Klum ensures her legs, you need to ensure your voice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, imagine just ensuring my voice. Like, Does Heidi Klum ensure her legs? Yeah, I guess because they're her moneymaker, you know, like. And so for us, our voices are money maker. <laughs> but so, hold on. Well, how would she get replacement legs? Like what are you getting insurance no, on? No, it's they- more that if something happened, like I look like, like how I lost my voice and then you can't, the business suffers or you can't make income and that's your main source oh. of income. You get, it's almost like income protection insurance really. And so if she couldn't model, couldn't walk, then she would get paid out insurance because of that. So I was like, oh my oh God. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, I'm like the podcast version of Heidi Klum. <laughs> Imagine if one day that is a thing. I reckon like big radio hosts would definitely, yeah. Well, I've worked in radio for a long time. I've never heard of that. Maybe they do. Well, it's kind of like the show has to go on. Like yeah. when I worked for The Edge Breakfast years and years and years ago, to be honest, any of the radio shows I've worked for, they you would come in almost spewing in a bucket. Like it would, you just, yeah. the sick policy was not a thing. 
you you know like you would either be broadcasting from your son's birth in the hospital and they would be like literally setting up microphones for them to broadcast yeah it was so full-on or you would be have to be literally on death's door to not go in for it Mm. and and same as producers to be honest it wasn't even just the hosts do you remember we went to Coldplay and we were it was like 1 a.m. We're at the Coldplay after party. And you had to get up to work at like, to go to work at like three. And I was like, well, there's no point in going to sleep. I mean, we may as well just keep, we may as well just stay out. You're like, no, Vic, no, I have to. Like, enough me, such oh a bad God, influence. That's right. Because they gave yeah. us tickets. We had interviewed mm. Chris and he was like, um, oh, do you guys want to come to the show? And I'd already bought tickets and already been, but I pretended I haven't because I love them. <laughs> I was like, sure, sure, sure. And then they invited us to the after party. Mm. And it was the coolest thing ever. Meeting Chris Martin, I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Sophie. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's your friendship duty for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are done now. <laughs> can, can you guys, can people also get in touch with us if you're listening and you're like, can you shut up about your lives <laughs> and please talk more about finances? We're not interested in you as people. Would really appreciate the feedback on that. Um, yes, genuinely, because we can just keep it snappy. <laughs> yeah. Although I love hearing about our dating life and stuff. Surely, surely everyone loves hearing about that. We <laughs> had a half an hour chat just before recording this about dating life. Um, both of our dating life. Yeah. There Sophie, are some do you updates. Talk about your um, <laughs> motorbike experience or your sauna experience. <laughs> or I mean, I've been having some sexy shit happening. Um, with someone that's oh. in my co-working space and it is very difficult to A, concentrate and B, just like keep my hands to myself. Oh. Enough about our lives now. Yes, more about finance. Money, okay. talk to me. What are we learning about? Today we're going to learn about the rep- reporting season. So US reporting season has just finished and so what this is is effectively when companies in the US, they have to report their financial results to investors four times a year. So this happens January, April, July, and October. So we've just had one. And it's a lot of work for companies. I know. Four times a year. Can you imagine being a part of the admin team? Totally. It's like, and it's so frustrating because it's like, it makes the companies really short-term focus because they're like, oh, we've got to put out our next result in three months. So let's make sure it's a goodie. Whereas in New Zealand and Australia, uh, they have six monthly reporting seasons. Oh, right. So it's only in the States that it's every yeah. quarterly. Being an analyst and having to be across all those companies, checking their results, you have like, sometimes you have like 10, 20 companies a day that you have to go through. Like, do we buy more? Do we sell? Do we, you know, like what, what's our change in view? And it's, yeah, it's pretty kind of head down, bum up kind of time. So, yeah. Do you have to prepare for a result season? Is it like, right, it's coming out. I'm going to have yeah. lots of carbohydrates, sleep lots, drink lots of water so I can make very informed snap decisions, you know? Is it kind yeah. of a bit like that? You're sort of like, okay, I've got to really be on my ball. ball? Yeah, oh my it's game. kind of on my on my ball game. <laughs> uh, yes, you, you kind of come in early. Okay, let's read the news. Let's get all that out of the way. Let's get all the kind of other emails out of the way and let's get ready because when it starts happening, it's like boom, 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 boom. And then that's why you have a team. It's like, okay, you can, can you look at this one? I'll look at this one. Um, yeah, so it's kind of you have have a team effort. But, yeah, it is. Well, it's quite, kind it's of, quite, sounds quite fun and exciting. Yeah, it is. Like, And then by the end of it, you're just like, ah, oh, should we go have should we go have a drink? <laughs> I remember when I first started my as, a, as an analyst and I was a junior analyst and I had booked this holiday to Europe in August and I was like to my boss, I was like, hey, just wanted, like we had pretty free reign of like when we took holidays, it was fine. Had you booked it at this point? 
no, I hadn't. And so I was like, I was like, Hey, look, um, I am planning to go to Europe. Um, there's kind of three weeks of August. Just wanted to check that that's okay. Like didn't think anything of it, any issue. And they were like, um, that's actually the biggest, busiest month of the whole year. <laughs> um, okay. So, so reporting season is essentially a chance for investors to go through financial statements, mm-hmm. sales targets, any kind of like KPIs for that business to see if they're hitting what they're say they should be achieving essentially. Yeah. And it's a good insight for investors to see, okay, is the company performing as I expected? Because I'm an investor in this company because I think that it's going to achieve this, this level of growth and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bigger and better business in the future. So if that's, if they report a bad result and that changes my view, then I'm going to sell my stock. Or if it's just a slip up and it's just one, you know, one quarter of bad performance or, um, you know, and the share price goes down, am I going to buy more? So it's kind of deciphering, okay, is this a big issue and it's changing the entire growth outlook of the company or is it just a short-term thing and therefore I'm going to buy more? Um, or is this an amazing result? And I now, you know, think that this company's had its time in the sun and now I want to sell my shares. So you're constantly kind of reevaluating, okay, what does this mean? What does this result mean for the outlook of the business is essentially what you're doing. Is there quite often a quarter result where you're like, okay, it was just a bit of a faux pas, Mm. you know, um, Craig and sales had a bit of a shocker and we've, we're just going to give them a pass and we'll, we'll check in for next. And you like make a note and you're like, okay, I mm. need to check back in on that. Cause if it's continuing to decline, then maybe I'll make a decision opposed to exactly. like, Oh, Oh, sound the alarm. Yeah. And it's hard to know that. Like that's kind of, if you can pick that, that's great. Uh, but then it's like, okay, then next quarter it comes out and it's also bad. And you're like, okay. I'm starting to not have confidence in myself anymore. And then you have a third quarter and that's also bad. You're like, okay, like should have, should We're have ditched my it. shares at the first, first time, not the third time, you know, like it's kind mm. of, that's what you're trying to figure out is like, is this a systemic issue or is this a bigger issue? Is there, is them losing customers a temporary thing or is it like an actual uh, thing where competitors, uh, where, where customers are going to competitors and they're going to keep going to competitors. Can they win those customers back? Like this is kind of everything you're thinking about. Uh, and with so much going on in the world right now, it's so hard to know. Like Netflix is probably a really good example of that. Like Netflix had a terrible quarter last quarter and they were losing subscribers and everyone's like, this is the death of Netflix. Cause that was everywhere actually. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's done so well during the pandemic. It's got, it's, it's done what we've called this this pull forward where you kind of pull forward all these customers that you would have got in a normal environment, but due to the pandemic, you know, all it got all these new customers. And so it had this kind of pull forward of, of demand of customer growth. And then it kind of had a lull as there wasn't that increase in new customers. And so everyone was like, oh, this is the death of Netflix and Disney Plus is is, is doing really well, taking share. Yeah, I definitely got a vibe. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should be buying Disney sh- Disney shares. That was mm. my immediate reaction. Classic sheep following everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then they came out uh, recently with a really good result and they blew it out of the park in terms of subscriber numbers. Like they they guided to a million additional subscribers this quarter. And they came in at 2.4 million. So they just like How blew it out of the park. Earth can they find to another million people that don't already mm. have Netflix? That's my I know, thing. It's crazy. Like, surely everybody in the world has Netflix by now. 
Like they've got 223 million subscribers. Like that is crazy. Actually, I guess it would be trying to take it from competitors now, right? Like that's probably their main focus. Not so much converting people to watching online because most people have already adopted that trend. Mm. It's probably more how can they be better than the competition and get people to swap. And they're cracking down on like password sharing and all that as well. So, you know. I, I might have an account and then my, my sister and my parents also logged into that. It's like they're cracking down on that. So therefore those people have to actually buy a Netflix mm. and they've launched this kind of uh, this ad supported tier. So you'll have an expensive, uh, expensive option where you can have no ads and then you've got a cheaper option where you can have ads. Ooh. And so that opens up the market to a whole lot of people that might not have been able to afford Netflix. Like this, their share price was up 10% on the day. So this was, a really good result from Netflix, the fact that, and now all the headlines are changing saying, oh, you know, the worst is over for Netflix. You know, now it's, now it's back to growth and it's, it's crazy how quickly it changes. Hold on. Can we just stop for one second? I want to know if we had the option to pay less or more for Netflix and you had ads or no ads, what would you choose? Good question. I'd probably choose no ads. I'm just too I think like, I would too. frustrated. Yeah. But the key with the ads option is that if you think about what that means for for like network TV and kind of free to air TV, you're now encroaching on their business model and like you were before, but That's now what you I was really thinking. Are. And advertisers, if I can advertise on Netflix when I know exactly who I'm targeting, what what type of person, what time, what they're watching, what they like to watch, like is way better than all just, the data you could get. Yeah. And so everyone's like, oh, it's the nail in the coffin for the TV networks now. Like this this is them done kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Isn't it dead already? I thought that we've established that. Is it yeah, not? I can't remember the last time. <clears throat> I can't remember the last time I watched normal TV. Normal television? Mm. I don't think I ever, I don't even own a television in my house. Yeah. I used to love it though. I remember it like at 5.30 and Home and Away would come on and I would run oh. down the hallway. And I'd be like, oh my God, it's 5.30. And like, like, you couldn't pause it. You couldn't fast forward it. Like you literally, like if you weren't there at 5.30, like you missed it. Or even seven o'clock, Shortland Street was on. Oh yeah, yeah. Might do a cheeky double up. And I remember when like even the phone would ring, the house phone. And I would run and be like, I'll get it, I'll get it. Well, babe, you're old. Don't remember that. Yeah, I know. And now (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Like the phone rings. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, no, mom, dad, I... do you still have a house phone? I'm like, what? This is so weird. <laughs> um, okay, so essentially the, the Netflix was a good example of one where it went shit for three months and then it came back soaring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And did the share but price wanna... tank and then come back again? Yes, yeah, It's it tanked a lot. It was down like 70%. Um, this is why we say take a long-term view because it's so hard and even for a business, like they have ups and downs during the year. You know, they have ups and downs during the quarter. Totally. And so when you're reporting, so if this, if they didn't have to report quarterly results and they just reported this one, we would have missed the bad ones because they wouldn't have disclosed that. You know, so it's kind of like, okay. yeah, it's like they have to disclose it to investors. But if they didn't, we wouldn't even be, know that they had a decline in subscribers. And then they'd come out with this result. We'd be like, oh, 
there's nothing wrong with Netflix. You know, so it's kind of like more information yeah. is sometimes worse. You can get information overload, <laughs> definitely. I also think it's important, like, you know how you always talk about investing in companies that you understand. If, mm. say, for example, you were invested in some kind of a ski company or something, of yeah. course, when it's winter, that company's going to be doing better, right? I mean, this is a really mm. basic example, but it's more yeah. just the idea that if you understand the company, then if there is maybe a decline in sales or something's happened, you can probably look at the bigger picture or the environment mm. or the social happenings in the world and be like, oh, I can understand why that's happened. And mm. I've decided it's not a long-term giant red flag. Totally. And you just see the share price going down. You'll be like, oh, I want to sell. I want to sell because you don't understand. Yeah. And it's also why we say, you know, if a company's got a really good track record of growing consistently over time, say they grow their earnings 10% every year uh, for the last 10 years. And then they have one year where it doesn't grow, it, you know, maybe it goes backwards or it grows by like 2%. I would be way more comfortable being like, you know what, this is just a one-off year. Well, it depends what the, the reason for that, but I would be way more comfortable being like, you know what, this is just a one-off year. The share price is down. I'm going to buy some more because they've had such a good track record. You know, management has you know, steered this company in such a good direction and delivered on what they said they would. This is just a hiccup. I'm going to buy stock and you get it at a good price. So there's kind of that element mm. as well of like why we say if you're investing in a company that's got a really good track record, when they do slip up, that should be a time where you where you could be you know looking to buy it rather than sell it. Every company is different. Like that's why we take say take a long term view because there will be these kind of short term fluctuations and especially around reporting season. But I wanted to go through some good some good results and some bad results because um, it was quite an interesting reporting season just with everything that's going on in the world with inflation, interest rates. You know, this was a really key reporting season because it gives investors an insight and like what are companies on the ground seeing? What, you know, what companies are doing well? What companies aren't doing well? What companies is inflation affecting? Would have been quite interesting. Yeah. And so obviously companies want to, they're, they're trying to sell themselves. At the end of the day, they want their share price to be attractive to investors. So if it's a terrible result, they're going to try and make it look good. Um, if it's a good result, they're going to try and make it look even better. You know, so it's kind of, you've got to kind of sift through the bullshit effectively sometimes. Uh, but if we looked at some some headline, like really some bad results. Um, so a lot of the large tech names had really bad results and their share prices were down a lot. So Alphabet, Meta, which is Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, all had really bad results. And this oh god you're darling microsoft i know i know oh, i was like oh god no do you need some tissues are you all right um no it's fine long-term view sophie long-term view <laughs> did I you have a moment think, where you're like oh I think microsoft could go to zero and i'd probably be like no you know it's making a comeback it'll come back <laughs> i'm in it for the long haul <laughs> goes like bankrupt goes into administration i'm like no no it'll um, I don't know what those things are, but I assume it means that they are fully at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know what those things mean. It's so good. Uh, um, yes. So these, all these companies, all the tech companies benefited massively during COVID and during the pandemic. We were all working from home, all being online, uh, all getting, you know, using e-commerce, like using the cloud, everything technology based was seeing a huge boom during the pandemic and so we're starting to see this unwind and this is why a lot of the tech names had really bad results so alphabet was kind of first off off the off sorry the, what is alphabet 
Google. Sorry, Does that's it, Google's parent. Yeah, it's it's the parent company's oh, called Alphabet. Oh my god! Sorry, why yeah. didn't you tell me that before I put something on social media about it? I was like, what Alphabet. I should have asked what that is. <laughs> well, I put it. I put a thing up saying, um, "Public oh. service announcement: Apple now has a market cap of two point three trillion, making it more valuable than Meta, Amazon, and Alphabet combined." But no one's going to yeah. know what Alphabet is. Yeah, true. Maybe I should just put in brackets Google. Sorry, everyone. But um, that's yes, okay. It's Google. Um, so their share price was fell seven percent, which might not sound like a lot, but it was hundred billion dollars that the company lost <gasps> in one day. I know, crazy. So when these like mega company names, hundred what billion? Hundred, hundred billion. Yeah. No loss. Yeah, and then Facebook. Shit, that's a lot of money. Facebook fell twenty five percent on the day it reported. It was its result was eighty billion. <clears throat> Then Amazon was down 13% um, and then Microsoft fell 8%. So all these companies had really, really big falls. And now, yes, like we tweeted, um, Alphabet, Google, uh, Meta, which is Facebook, and Amazon, their market cap, so that's their shares, the shares they have available to the public times the share price. So their market cap is So it's essentially those, how big a company is. Yeah, yeah, the value of a company, yeah. So the value of those three companies combined is now less than Apple. So Apple had a really good result. Their share price went up. And so now that Apple is itself is bigger than all those three companies combined, which is fucking ridiculous. Like Apple is is almost my new Microsoft. Um, it is oh, I need to buy pretty, more Apple. It's also, can I just um, do a shameless plug here if you're listening you're like oh market cap what are you talking about that's so confusing um this is something that is in our curved classroom so if you're interested in learning like deep dive into understanding properly how to build your portfolio and uh, yeah in terms of those kinds of concepts then um like market cap and valuation and stuff is all in that so we've got a wait list on our website um and the next intake is in march so if that's of interest then feel free to jump on the website I was about to be like dub dub dub, but everyone knows it's dub dub dub. Dub 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 the curve. Dub, the curve. <laughs> yes. Um I cannot believe that it's mm. worth all of them com- more than all of them combined. That's I know crazy. That's crazy. And so throughout reporting season, uh those large tech names, they lost one trillion dollars in total. So it's quite crazy. When these companies move, they move in a big way. That you're talking about a lot of money. And so a trillion, uh, that's just a trillion dollars. Yeah. So it's quite, quite crazy. Blowing. Yeah. So those were the bad results, <laughs> but we did have some really good results as well. We had uh, Visa, Visa had a really good result in this. So they're benefiting from the strong US dollar that we're seeing. And so Americans, uh, it's way cheaper for them to travel overseas because their dollar is really good. So they're spending overseas, they're traveling and Visa its revenue, its, its business model is that it takes a percentage of the transaction. So, you know, more people spending and also more people spending higher amounts, it's good for Visa. Um, and we've still got 80% of the world's transactions in cash. So, you know, the long-term 80%. outlook. 80%. I know, it's crazy. Uh, and then we had Harley Davidson. So Ooh, go all sexy. the Bogans. <laughs> it's not Bogan, thank uh, you very much. Okay, sorry. I've been oh, yeah, sorry, Harley Davidson tea yeah. for a while. Yeah, I haven't wanted. You've been riding a Harley Davidson. Oh as well, God, you? stop it! <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's not a Harley Davidson, actually. Do you know what? He drives uh, with it. This is this guy at my workplace that I went on a motorbike with. He His helmet doesn't have a... She has a big... Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop it. We'll be cutting that out. No. Um, oh, no. You can, <laughs> no, I won't. You get to, I hate that you get to edit the podcast and I can't. I no, I won't. But um, he, um, the, the helmet doesn't have a screen protector, so I'm driving with like... Oh. It's like just a big hole in my face. So I'm like trying to look all cute and it's like wind and stuff flying in my face. Oh my and I'm like, oh. Oh, you're going to fly in your mouth and you're like. <laughs> yeah, it's not cute. Um, so no, but Harley, I don't uh, think motorbikes is Bogan. Yeah. No, it's not Bogan. No. Um, but this was a case of the volume. They didn't have volume growth, but they had revenue growth. So this is a case of like high inflation. They're putting up the prices, but the volume isn't there, which is kind of concerning because you want – you want a company that has volume growth, you know, more people buying Harley Davidsons um, as well as paying a higher price, not just because you can only push the price so much. Um, so it was a good result, but not not a good quality result, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had all the oil companies, unfortunately, oh, had God, really good results. <laughs> Again, a case of inflation. Uh, you know, the price of oil, the price of petrol is skyrocketing and these companies are profiting from it. They're not actually doing anything innovative or anything. Um, and so they would, they've all done incredibly well this year, unfortunately, uh, which is not good to see. And so I guess just to summarize some themes, we've kind of spoken about some around inflation and stuff. Uh, we did see a massive shift this reporting season, and we've kind of been seeing it a, you know, for a little while um, from moving in, you know, more investors preferring defensive companies. So by defensive, mm-hmm. I mean companies that are going to do well in, in all environments. So your Coca-Colas, your Costco's, your Johnson & Johnson, your Kraft Heinz, you know, your very stable like consumer staples, things you're going to buy, you know, no matter if the price goes up 10%, you're going to buy tomato sauce. If it goes up 10%, you're still going to buy tomato sauce. Shit, yeah, I am. Um, you know, if, you, if you're with Johnson & Johnson and – you need plasters or band-aids, price goes up 10%, you're still going to buy that. You know, they, they benefit in kind of a, a lower growth environment. Uh, they will still do well uh, because their products are products that people need to buy or will still buy, even though the economy is, is tough. Uh, versus the likes of growth companies. Uh, so we've saw, we've saw with all the tech companies not doing too well, uh, like Peloton didn't do very well, Zoom. Beyond Meat, these are all really high growth companies that have done phenomenally well and have now kind of come back to earth. And so we're seeing this real shift into, you know what, I want to position my portfolio a bit more defensively because I don't know what the world's going to look like next year or the year after. So this is kind of happening on a massive global scale. Um, And so, yeah, we're kind of seeing that that, that play out. Um, And we saw that with a lot of defensive companies doing really well during reporting season and the growth companies not so well. Uh, we also saw this kind of old world versus new world. So it's kind of like the revenge of the old economy. <laughs> and it's, like, and it's I, I thought that was quite funny, but obviously not. Okay. Um, well, I'm just imagining like my dad coming at me being like, it's, is it like the older generation? Is that what you mean? It's more, yeah, it's more like tech, like tech doing really badly. And that's kind of new world uh, okay. technology. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. like the real like old school kind of manufacturing industrial companies doing really well. And another example of this is actually the old world like oil companies doing really well. And then Tesla's not doing well because that's like a new world. Got it. And so I'm kind of seeing this, this 
yeah, revenge of the old economy or like the old world companies doing a lot better, which is quite surprising. I kind of thought we were done with that, but obviously not. Same. Um, I totally thought we were done with that. And then the biggest theme, obviously, inflation and, you know, investors are trying to decipher, okay, which companies are benefiting from inflation and can pass this on to their customers, which ones aren't, you know, what, and they companies with really good brands. So like Apple, uh, you know, you're still going to buy those AirPods. Lost five of them. It's so embarrassing. Oh, God. Honestly, um, like I, I just kept myself. I decided if I lose them again, I'm going back to the cord- corded ones because. Hey, that's probably why Apple ridiculous. had such a good result because Sophie Horright bought about five pairs of, of AirPods. <laughs> and you bought a new MacBook and MacBooks did fantastically well for them. So there you go. Um, but yeah, so inflation, if you've got a strong brand, you are much better placed in a world where we've got high inflation. Um, and if you've got, cause you've got that pricing power, you can push through prices and consumers will still buy your products. And so we're seeing those companies, you know, beat expectations. So investors expectations are here and those companies are coming in above expectations, which means their share prices you know, tend to go up. This is why diversification is so key because you never know what companies are going to report good results, what companies aren't, um, and you never know what the world's going to look like in the next one year, two years' time. So having a diversified portfolio is key and also not getting consumed with short-term movements in stocks and in companies. Uh, You know, US reporting season happens four times a year and this is going to lead to a lot of fluctuations in the market. But if you have a long-term view and you're like, look, I'm confident this company that I invested in is going to do well over the long term. I don't need to get caught up in the short-term U.S. reporting season. Palava. 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 Palava or yeah. palava? palava? I'm not sure, but it's not, it sounds like pavlova. I know. Um, yum. Yum. Actually, I don't like it. I don't know why I said that. No, neither. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to be like, I'm a pavlova, yum. I fucking hate pavlova. It's eat. It's same. gross. It's oh. so gross. It's just crusty meringues. Oh. Not into gross. it. I don't even like no. cream. In fact, I no. hate the whole cake. Okay, so essentially the main takeaway for investors like myself who are maybe investing in funds or building their own portfolio is to remember that four times a year when the US reporting season delivers results and also twice year for Australia and New Zealand, there will be huge fluctuations probably in the market. Mm -hmm. And if you've bought companies where you think, I want to hold this for 10, 15 years, unless there's some dramatic changes, then don't stress if it's going up or going down in that time, because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be like that forever. Yeah. And it's good to look at the result and go, okay, cool. And move on and, you know, keep on top of what's going on, the companies you invest in. But just keep remembering, I'm taking a long-term view. Is this a short-term issue or is it not? And then make a decision. But don't feel the need to do something just because a company is reporting its results. Also, I think it needs to be your responsibility, Vic, just to report on all companies and tell us the key things we need to know. Because honestly, I am not going to look through a company's financials twice, three times a year. Like I'm just not. So this is your yeah. responsibility, actually, for all of us. I okay. Think. Sorry I'll to put it. it on you, but... No worries. <laughs> I'll go into my hole four times a Dumbledore <laughs> and pull out your brain. You know how he pulls out his memories from his brain, Dumbledore? I'm not a you Harry Potter fan. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or is that Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure. I'm not a fan of either. Oh, my God. Oh. Why are we friends again? I don't like fiction. I don't like make-believe. I like the real shit. Yeah, right. We're so different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go read my finance book now. Like, tell me all about the fairies. 
Um, okay, okay, awesome. Well, I really hope that I've managed to cut this episode down to 30 minutes because the mm-hmm. unedited version is currently 53 minutes. So hopefully if you're listening to this, <laughs> it was much shorter. Um, yeah. Go get your voice better, please, before we record our next one. I will try. No talking in between now and the next podcast record. Okay, she's mouthing. And that is the end of our episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we would also love for you to share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it. For more information about The Curve and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve nz.